Hello, my name is Ben. And I'm Paul. And we are your hosts of the Too Vague Podcast this week. Paul, back again after a long hiatus. Three? Four? I'm not sure if this is your third or your fourth. Yeah, I know we did space Uh and uh, I think we did water, I believe. I don't think we did water. Oh, we didn't do water. We were going to do water. We were going to. (laughs) This week, we are not talking about water. No. By special request, we are talking about the word... Trivia. Trivia. Trivia has always been a big part of my life, I'd say, from uh, even when I was 10 years old or so Mm -hmm. up to now. Yeah. It's always been something my family's enjoyed. Okay. Something that we can bond with. Yeah, I don't know. It's always been a big part of my life looking forward to talking about it for the next hour or so yeah very cool it also has been a sort of a part of my life as well regular guest host nora was very into trivia uh herself i mean you know and she was very good at the trivial pursuit did you ever have the trivial pursuit game yeah yeah Yeah. we still have uh like the original one from like 1981 yeah yeah yeah. and she was she was really good at that one but when it started getting into the custom like different oh yeah she stopped now was she the one that would look at all the cards and memorize it i don't think so no it was just a pure see because i always saw that as cheating some people are like, no, it's part of the game, but... I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's, it's a part of the game if you want to take the approach that they take uh, on Jeopardy, where they give you all the material and you have to look through it. Is that what I thought happened? With Have you watched an episode, Ben? No, no, I know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I thought that that's what... They don't want their contestants to look like idiots so they give you some the material so from my understanding there's they don't really guide you in any way no people that prepare there are a lot of like resources online uh-huh. um and you know there's like reddit's actually a really good one a lot of people are active in the uh, jeopardy subreddit former contestants and whatnot yeah from my understanding there isn't any you know cheat sheet or anything to be like hey this is what you should study no official thing but uh Okay. You know, there's right. a lot of support group, you know, in that way. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's different than other game shows because that would make sense. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Are you a fan of the Jeopardy? Watch it every day. I'm like, uh, I'm like Rain Man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I really do like Jeopardy. Uh, it's definitely something I'll make time for every single day. Yes. Yeah. And not always live because I'm usually working during that time. Don't sue me, but uh, I usually find like the bootleg ones on YouTube and I'll, uh, I'll watch there, you know, yeah. if I can't watch it live. Yeah. Definitely a big fan. Have you ever wanted to maybe be on the show? Yes, definitely a goal. I've been told that I should go on it. For me, I'm very competitive, so I would like to go on it. But if I go on it, I want to win and I want to do good. And I know, you know, it's all about having fun and going on and the experience, but I want to win. My friend, Michaela... Her husband's been on a number of game shows, including really College Jeopardy when he was in college, actually. Wow. All right. And he has been on, I think, a couple of other shows, made made some money. He was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire most recently, as of, I guess, a couple, three years ago. He didn't do as well as he wanted, but sure. Yeah. He's also very active in the bar trivia community here. Oh, uh, cool. The, in, the geeks yeah. who drink. Yeah. Okay. In fact, if you have been to any of them somewhat recently, you might have seen him within within the last two, three years, but his name is Jeff. 
So you have aspirations to be on the show. Can you beat a computer? No. <laughs> I mean, the computer can be Ken Jennings, who's like, you know, the Michael Jordan of Jeopardy. Yeah, so. what was that? I saw that episode because when I was talking about artificial intelligence with Cheyenne and I did a little preliminary research on that because I was just interested in how it tries to figure out the answers to the questions yeah and how it's not just looking up all the answers no it like has some type of like neural network that it uses to like yeah you know give a approximation of what the best guess is or whatever right and it showed you what it was quote unquote thinking the answer was yeah yeah. And, and it would like put question marks as well if it really wasn't sure or if it was more confident, it wouldn't put it. And it sort of played the odds too, right? Where it's like sometimes it would answer something, but it didn't look like it should have. Sure. It should have talked about stuff. I wish it would have had a conversation with the with the host <laughs> <laughs> where you're talking with the computer. It's like, yes, I like tiddlywinks or Yeah, whatever. like the little interview segment. <laughs> I was developed in a lab. <laughs> yeah, the Jeopardy IBM challenge. Yeah, with Watson. Watson. I was trying to remember who it was, but that's right. Watson. That was back in 2013? Yeah, somewhere in there, like 2011, 12, somewhere in there. Yeah. For sure. Here we go. You're right. Exactly. It's on IMDb. Oh, nice. Jeopardy! The IBM Challenge, day one in 2011. I have a pretty good thing with the dates. That's uh, <laughs> Yeah? Yeah. Was that a benefit for you in school? Like, uh, do you have the, the, kind of, the kind of memory? Yeah, definitely. I had a good friend in high school who would be annoyed at me because he would not necessarily spend a whole lot of time studying, but he would study or, you know, other people would study for a test and I would be the one that would just completely blow it off, just show up and then set the curve. And I'm not trying to talk myself up no, in no, some, no, but it's, it's, but it's the truth. I just yeah. would not, you know, really try. And I actually think that set up some pretty bad habits once I got into the uh, harder stuff, like in college and whatnot. Right. But in high school, yeah, that <laughs> could definitely do the whole well, yeah, I'm not going to study. I'll just show up and uh, make the best of it. My brother did that kind of stuff, too, in high school. My understanding is he would, he staggered. He, he didn't graduate high school with a great grade, but that's because what he did was he would just, like, blow off one semester, oh, okay. ace another semester, ace the final, and then... Yeah, that's a C. It does average out. <laughs> but yeah, he has the same kind of memory, and I always had to work at it. I had to make all sorts of creative associations with things in order to, I can't memorize those things yeah, super it, well. It's weird how like everybody has different strengths or whatever in, yeah. in that way, because I would say like, you know, as far as like making like the mnemonic devices or whatever, like that doesn't really help me. Yeah. But for whatever reason, like I can, like if I if I don't think about so much about it, it almost like comes easier. Like it's like right. a subconscious type thing. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it, and it depends, obviously. It's not like you could just say 1723 and I'm like, oh yeah, I could tell you five things about it. So it's just numbers mostly? It's like numbers uh, and dates or is it also names? Cause it, it can be names as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm tr I mean, I'm trying to strengthen the overall like association, I guess, skill of that, like with memory, you know, associating mm -hmm. like a certain name, even with a date or whatever. I mean, that's the whole thing with history, of course. Right. But, right. Or at least what most people, you know, would Think describe of. history as. Before we get it too far into the discussion of trivia, let me get that definition out for you. Oh, yeah. Which is provided 
they they don't support the the program by the way oxford languages <laughs> by way of google yeah please give us money no okay accepting applications no. yeah exactly <laughs> Please fund the show. Your ad space here. <laughs> this could be you. Blue Apron. What? Huh? <laughs> so Oxford languages, plural noun, trivia, details, considerations, or pieces of information of little importance or value. And the the etymology, not the entomology, the etymology. Yes. I misspelled it as entomology here, but I know the difference. Do you know the difference? Entomology. <sighs> No, I actually, I know it's something, but... Insects. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I should probably know that if I'm going to try and go on Jeopardy. Yeah. That was yeah. my first test. <laughs> I just failed. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> it's a case of the podcast brain or some type of distraction. You got so much kitty love when you came in here. It's very distracting to think about things that are trivial, I guess. Yeah. That's the part of... Okay, so we'll get into this yes. in a second here, but from the early 20th century from the modern Latin plural of trivium. Can you imagine what that is? Yeah, so I think, and the only reason I somewhat have a clue here is because I read Ken Jennings' book, Brainiac, where okay. he talks a lot about trivia. One of the first chapters, he's talking about like the uh, etymology of it. Uh-huh. I want to say trivium is like a three-forked road, right? Yeah, the like place, a, a place where three... Three roads fork off or whatever. <laughs> Just fork off, will you? <laughs> fork off out of here. Yeah, place where three roads meet. Okay, so yeah. There so you yeah. Go. But there's also you know, an association with trivial. Right. Which... Things of little importance. Right. And he also mentions that in his book because it's like, mm -hmm. well, that's kind of belittling of, you know, of people's hobbies or I, whatever. You know like, what? I think it's a paradoxical sort of thing where yeah. trivia is facts and figures, which can be... Important or unimportant? And who's to say what is important and unimportant? Correct, yeah. Classifying things. I, I, I don't use the word trivia, even though I can remember certain dates, certain things, certain pop culture-y sort of things that I have connections with in my brain. I guess that's trivia, but it is useful in certain circles or it's useful in certain situations or if you're talking to someone who's a a film buff or whatever, right? It's sure. the value of it is not, not of little importance exactly. or whatever. I think yeah. that's being too, too vague. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whoa. Whoa. And we bring it full circle. And this book Ken Jennings wrote, right? Yeah. You know what? One more thing. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> this is where the editing comes in. <laughs> Oxford languages. They work with Google. Right. I so like Google. if you Google a definition, there will be what pops up. Exactly. Okay. You know how much a Oxford English dictionary in general costs? Uh, no. It's a 20 volume dictionary. Oh. <laughs> and it's a, in the neighborhood of $1,500 around there. And they still sell this? Probably not. My <laughs> guess is they probably don't. They do it all online. Yeah. And it's that's... a subscription based service, I believe. Sure. Where you pay them $100 annually and then you have access to their online dictionary it's not too bad it's like eight bucks a month yeah as they say why get the cow when you can get the milk for free yeah I and mean, it's just like that has to do with the website and it doesn't have to do with marriage <laughs> i'm just saying why buy the cow when you can have the i wonder where that came from <laughs> that whole <laughs> that whole phrase it's just so crass anyway yeah, um, it is a strange one but anyway yeah. so yeah with trivia and trivial Merriam-Webster actually has in their dictionary 
added facts about people or events that are not well known. That is in their See, definition. I think that's a little closer. That is a little closer to what I was talking about with the paradoxic nature of the word trivia and what it really means and what it doesn't. Merriam-Webster does a lot of those things where they take words that are commonly used. It's a more of a sociological approach, right? If you talk about the word literally, which bugs the hell, this is one thing. I mean, they will include that, that definition that people use literally is not literally it's figuratively right but they'll put it in the thing right so right and they is, use all kinds of there's always things being added to yes yeah. it's added or changed based on how it's used yeah and it's so, actually a pretty reoccurring jeopardy category as well the oh, oxford really? english dictionary oxford yeah. english okay well this is this is merriam webster does oh, a lot of it i think they 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 continue to add to it yeah because they uh they always have categories about like new things that were added to the OED. Yeah. But according to this, they don't have trivia as a fact, according to the website. It right. might be a, a smaller dictionary, but Merriam-Webster has a, a quizzing game involving obscure facts, but sure. Oxford Languages does not. It's interesting, though, because it's like, you know, what does constitute like a well-known fact versus a little known? And you can easily change how you frame like whatever the trivia question is whether it's well known or not is not the point i i think it's a, a, a fact is a fact well true but is it a trivia like you know is it is it considered trivia or is that general knowledge i i, I think all now you know. like like for instance the first president of the united states would you consider that trivia or is that just you should just kind of know that if you're in in the country i consider it a fact <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't see, well sure but I guess for people who like, let's say you in Japan, yeah, people in Japan would probably consider that well, tri- that trivia, trivia easily, yeah, right, because yeah. it's not in there, right. Whereas people here might consider it. So, so it's a sort of a silly kind of thing to think of. I, I don't think it. The fact is, is, is a fact. Yeah, right, and that's it's not trivia, but it, but anyway, I you know it's one of those things where it's it's a very gray area, what you consider trivia and what you consider not. Right. In general, whether or not it's well-known or not is not the point. It's still a fact. Well, yeah, and I don't think anybody's debating if it's a fact or not, just is it considered trivia? I don't know. I guess, like, just with that definition of, you know, it being something that's, like, little-known or whatever. That's, right, right. Yeah, it's it just, like you said, it just depends on the audience, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's, like, I would be more inclined, I don't know how well known this thing is, right? Right. So when I say something that is a fact, it is a fact. I don't consider the thing that I say trivia. I don't make that value assessment because it's not mine to make because I know it. Right. It's one of those things where it's like six of one, half dozen of the other. You can argue it. Sure. Either way. Yeah. So if I'm on Jeopardy, I'm not engaging in trivia questions. I'm engaging in just questions. (laughs) True, yeah. I don't want to belittle what you think of trivia because trivia is little known facts are cool, I think. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's a conversation starter. It's something that gets people into, if you say a fact and someone didn't know that and they're interested in whatever subject it is, it can be an interesting conversation starter. Yeah. No, I mean, even if somebody brings up something, even if you don't know much about it, if you know a single trivia thing about it, yeah. It can, like you said, it can spark a conversation yeah. or at least make it more interesting than just, hey, have you ever heard of this? 
no, I haven't. Right. And then that's where it ends. Do you think trivia nowadays, because of the internet and because you can look a lot of things up, is it a dead, well, I don't want to say dead, but I mean, it's not the same as it used to be. I guess that's a silly thing to say. It's never, it's never going to be the same, but sure, it's, yeah. it's a lot easier to get access to information these days, but it's also a lot easier to get disinformation sure. these days. Yeah. Right. Do you have any instances that you think, what are your thoughts on trivia in general, your feelings when it comes to trivia? Where did you generate your passion for trivia? I think it's always been something that's just been like kind of exciting. I think it's like not maybe not exciting, but like a little bit like in the moment, at least if you're at like a movie theater waiting for the movie to start and they have the little trivia questions on the screen, right? Like it's something to do. And if you know one that nobody else knows, that's kind of like a nice little like... I don't know, a little ego boost, I guess. Like, uh, I know more obscure stuff than you do. Yay! But it's, I don't know, I'd be lying if I didn't say that it didn't make me feel good or whatever. Yeah, I I think it does does make other people feel good when they know something someone else doesn't. Sure, yeah. Or like if somebody's, you know, oh, what was that one guy in that one movie? And you're like, oh yeah, I know who that is or whatever. It's always been that little bit of, I guess, that serotonin response. Right, right. Um, It's kind of, oh yeah, I know the answer. Then you get a little boost. Yeah. Watching Jeopardy, if I'm watching like with my mom or a friend or whatever, if you get like five or six questions in a row or something, especially if they're ones that maybe the other person doesn't know or if they've never even heard of, it's, I don't know, it's the same thing, another little boost. And so I also really like, you know, with trivia that it can kind of steer you into subjects as well. Like you might- you might just hear an interesting thing and be like, huh, I want to learn more about that. Or like, I wonder why that's like that. That sounds really weird or whatever. Right. Obviously I'm speaking very abstractly here, but it can be the seed. Exactly. It's kind of like the show. And when I do my research, I can, I go places that I didn't expect to go, but it's exactly like that. It starts with a word or we can start with a fact, right? Yep. That's a very cool thing about trivia. I think. Yeah. You say that you guys used to play Trivial Pursuit when you were younger. Is there anything else that you think of as far as that's concerned? Or is a lot of events revolve around Jeopardy or Trivial Pursuit for you? Trivial Pursuit, I don't really play as as often now. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to to, uh, convince, you know, everyone to play that one when it's just, you know, it's mostly the game that I want to play or whatever. Like, it's more, okay, well, peace, Paul. Yeah, Trivial Pursuit, I think... I mean, it was really big in America in general. Like it, it wasn't. Oh yeah. That's the thing that I think is really interesting about trivia. It's, it's, it really is for everybody. Yeah. Trivial Pursuit itself was a huge board game in the eighties. It, it wasn't just your, you know, nerds or whatever that were playing it. Right. And similarly, actually, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire mm-hmm. was the number one show on television between ninety nine and two thousand. Yeah. Period. Not game show. Period. More Americans were watching that than, you know, any other show. So, right. which again, it's not just some obscure show or whatever on a game show channel or something like people were tuning in yeah. to, to see people win money. Well, but that's the thing. There's a drama component. Sure. It's reality TV before reality TV. Some people tune in to see people fail, I guess. Yeah, too. well, and they're everyday people, which is what's really interesting. It's not just, you know. So I think there were some people who liked to watch it for 
getting the knowledge, but there are some people who like the drama aspect of it. Possibly. Sure. Yeah. Probably a small segment. Oh, I think that would definitely be a bit, you know, part of it. Yeah. Um, cause if it was the number one show, I really doubt, you know, that many people were watching it just so they could play along or, you know, whatever. Right. They were probably right. watching it for the drama to see someone try and win a million dollars. Right. It's also that little bit of escapist fantasy of, Hey, maybe I could be on this show and win a million dollars and, all my problems would go away. <laughs> right. Which is kind of a false equivalency. Yeah. You probably end up with more, of course, but with money. Yeah. yeah but yeah. different, different problems. So a different subset. I mentioned Trivial Pursuit is speaking of trivia about a Trivial Pursuit game. It was created in 1979 in Montreal, Quebec by Chris Haney, a photo editor for Montreal's Gazette. And Scott Abbott, who is a sports editor for the Canadian press. You know, this is all what's in the Wikipedia article, by the way. According to the story, they had a Scrabble game where they had a bunch of Scrabble pieces missing. So they decided to make their own game with the Scrabble pieces. And that is kind of where they started developing the game Trivial Pursuit, which is kind of interesting. It's like a completely different game, right? Yeah, coming off of Scrabble. Yeah. Although another kind of intellectually based game in a way, you know, not like shoots and ladders or something. Right. So it is sort of about knowledge because it's about the knowledge of the English language. Oh yeah. I mean, you have a huge advantage if you have a bigger vocabulary. Right. Yeah. Released in 1981, the rights were originally listed by social and writer in. See, that's trivial. 2000. (laughs) Trivial. It's trivial trivia (laughs) as opposed to. Useful trivia. Yeah, relevant trivia, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Telling someone that's a put down. <laughs> that's trivial trivia. Yeah. And then Parker Brothers, later Hasbro, picked up the license after... After the initial boom and everything, yeah. Yeah, after it got really popular. Apparently, it was initially turned down by the Virgin Group. Oh, like Richard Branson or... <laughs> yeah, like Virgin Airlines and Virgin Records and all that. Mm. Interesting. What a bunch of virgins. Well. Yeah. Troglodytes, I guess. <laughs> Troglodytes, that's a funny one. What? I, I, oh, I just have a funny little anecdote with that. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Troglodyte. Yeah, yeah, Troglodyte. So, you know, I try to stay up to date on like movies and whatnot. Bone Tomahawk came out in 2015. Never saw it, but I was reading like a little like discussion on it. Uh-huh. They talk about Troglodytes in that movie, the, the cave people, right? The next day from reading that article... Actually, no, it was the same day, same day at work from reading that article. One of my coworkers called me a troglodyte and I had never even heard the word before, at least not that I had retained it or whatever. Right. I don't know. It's just one of those funny things. It's like, see, there you go. Like, it, yeah, it's something that's a, you it's, never know when stuff like that is going like, to come up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At least I knew what the reference they were making or whatever. Yeah. Right. I have a story about Trivial Pursuit myself. I mentioned, I think briefly, Nora was a big fan of Trivial Pursuit back when it came out. And she was very good at it. One time we were playing Trivial Pursuit with the group during when we go over there for holiday meals, right? And then sure, you have okay. your ballot and then you play a game afterwards. It was one of two. It was either Pictionary, which came out later, or Trivial Pursuit. Categories. I don't know. Another fun one. Yeah. Yeah. We were playing all of us, six people, I guess that's the maximum you can have playing the game. Her husband, Tom, was Kind of a, I don't want to say crotchety kind of guy, but he didn't like kids. And at the time we were kids to him. So he didn't like you. Probably didn't like us. No, no, no. Yeah, we, uh, we were very kid-like. 
It didn't seem like he liked kids. He would give us shit all the time, right? <laughs> Being like, oh, like if you didn't know or whatever. In general, not just in trivia, he would give us shit about other stuff. But oh, okay, so he was reading one of the questions. And I don't remember the exact question, but I do remember the fact that he said the word epitome instead of epitome (laughs) when he was reading the question. And Adam and I were on that immediately. (laughs) Never let it go. Oh, man. It was like, epitome? Do you mean epitome? (laughs) We had sort of a common understanding from that point forward, and I don't know if it was perceived that he kind of warmed up to us that day. but. That's what it seems like. <laughs> but anyway, he's like, "Hey, these kids know some stuff. They, they can, they can, they can give teach it, me something. Yeah, they can give me, but you know, they can give it back. Maybe, yeah. I, maybe I should not. Uh, they're adults, <laughs> and he was a really smart guy too, actually. And that's the thing about trivia and knowledge that's interesting. You can be knowledgeable in a variety of subjects. So making a value judgment on someone based on what they don't know—it's kind of sad that people do that oh yeah so anyway no i mean everybody knows like you said they have their their areas of you know expertise and i mean i gotta be honest when i'm watching jeopardy and there's a category i'm good at and i can you know answer them easily and then there's you know a question where all three of them nobody knows the answer i'll be sitting on my couch with my mouth wide open like really but then there'll be like a run of five or six other ones where I have no clue. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, waiting. That's waiting for Godot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> waiting for Godot. I remember yeah. having to read that monstrosity. <laughs> but anyway, all I remember is throwing up in turnips. Is that waiting for Godot? <laughs> uh, so you mentioned that you read Ken Jennings' book. Ken Jennings, if you don't know, is Jeopardy! champion. One of the most if not the most recognizable Jeopardy champion ever. Is it because he has most consecutive wins? What, what is? Yeah, he has most consecutive wins. He won 74 games in a row back in 2005. Okay. Part of him doing that, is that kind of what got you into trivia too? Maybe seeing a little bit of that or got you into Jeopardy? Uh, actually, no. So Ken was before I started watching. I would say I started watching more like in middle school, high school. So maybe like 13 or so. Okay. That would be a couple of years after when Ken was on. I always knew about Ken even before I watched the show, which I think kind of, I don't know if I just heard it on the news or something, but like the name Ken Jennings, I was like, oh yeah, it's the Jeopardy guy. Right. That was before I even watched the show. So, I mean, it he, is, was, he was definitely a bit of a celebrity in a way. Right. But it is trivia for some people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to go back to this whole something no, no. is trivia, but, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. anyway, so Ken Jennings, how did you get turned on to his book? Was it the fact that you had watched jeopardy and you were kind of interested in what kind of made this jeopardy celebrity tick he's always been a very interesting figure if only just for that yeah the the fact that he won 74 games over three million dollars it's pretty crazy to think about yeah and he's also done other tournaments since that original run tournaments you mean jeopardy for for jeopardy yeah so like like he's he's been in up in on other game shows well i've actually i've seen him on uh are you smarter than a fifth grader? Which uh, was pretty funny because they, uh, you could tell they wanted him to pad up on like the questions as much as possible to kind of like make it seem like he was really thinking about what the answer was. Cause you know, this guy knows so much. You watch him on Jeopardy. It's like less than a second he's bringing in. Right. And then you watch him on, are you smarter than a fifth grader? And he's, Oh, 
the capital of Wisconsin. I think it's Madison, <laughs> but I don't know. You know, and it's like, okay, come just, on. Just, yeah. <laughs> Some of those shows, and that's like with that, and also Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? The reality aspect, yeah, right? The drama. Yeah, I don't like that in part of it. I think Jeopardy, you cut all that nonsense out. Yes, you, exactly. Yeah, you just do the question, you write it down, uh, whether or not you'll know it. Yep. Yep. And that's that's what makes it great. And especially like, you know, if you're watching the bootleg Jeopardy on YouTube, it's less than 20 minutes. It's like right. 19 minutes. You get in and out, you know, 61 questions in total and you're done. Yeah. And I really like that because even watching like Celebrity Jeopardy, I can't get through it. And uh, I want to because I love Jeopardy, but I'll watch Celebrity Jeopardy. I'm like, this is awful. Like beyond just the questions being you know lower difficulty or whatever that's fine i don't really mind that but just i guess the overall flow and extra talking and whatnot here and there because you know they they try to make it more about the personalities and less about the the game you know so which is fair but different audience yeah different yeah you're catering to a different more different general public yeah like hey i know ray romano i'm gonna watch him <laughs> No, hey. <laughs> oh, I forgot to put it in a question. <laughs> Apparently that's what he sounds like. I don't know. My buddy uh, Ryan, who's been on the show before on the word comic, he does an impression of me that sounds just like Ray Romano. <laughs> and I'm like, that doesn't sound anything like me. I don't sound, dude, maybe that <laughs> that sounds like Ray Romano. Does that sound like Ray Romano? I don't know. Dude, whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh. I don't think it sounds like Ray Romano, but <laughs> uh, so you want to weigh in on the Mayim Bialik, that's her name, right? Mayim Bialik yeah, yeah. and Ken Jennings as the host sort of debate. Sure. I mean, personally, I just, I'm all aboard team Ken, you know, Mayim is, has she's done good. I just don't think, you know, it shows that she doesn't come from the Jeopardy background. Right. And, you know, to be fair, Alex Trebek didn't come from a Jeopardy background. He was just, you know, run of the mill, no offense to him, but a run of the mill game show host. Yeah. Like before that. Right. And I uh, think that's what you want. Right. You know, because you have that showmanship and the, you know, the naturally, you know, charismatic, whatever, you know. Whereas, you know, like Ken is definitely more of like an average guy, whatever, however you want to say it. Like he doesn't have that like showmanship as much, right, but right. he's not a host. Right. At least not originally, but like he's really grown into it, I think. And even from the start, he just has such a good feel for the game having yeah. been on so much. Right. And he actually was very close with Alex too. You know, he actually, I know, like, was on the phone with Alex a few days before he passed. Passed, And uh, Alex's family, like, gifted Ken uh, his, like, cufflinks. so that So Ken could wear them on the show when he was guest hosting. Right. To me, he just seems like the natural, like, he should be the host to me. It seems like that's the difference between Trebek's decision on who the host should be versus the people who put the show out. Well, and you know, there was so, there was a lot of uh, drama after Alex passed. They went through a whole bunch of different guest hosts and uh, they actually had a, a, the executive producer at that time, after having all these guest hosts trying to figure out, you know, who was going to be the next host, he actually was like, I'm going to be the next host. This is Mike Richards. Okay. Yeah. He had just become the executive producer literally like a year before Alex passed. So it's not like he was a big time part of the show for a long time. Right. Kind of just like came in and to me kind of always gave that sort of fake like, 
used car salesman type of energy yeah which kind of works for game shows right but but not jeopardy where it's a no nonsense yeah exactly and like it just really rubbed me the wrong way that like we went through like a year of revolving hosts just for him to be like surprise it's me i'm the best one for the job funny enough since we're doing a podcast i should watch what i'm saying because he ended up getting fired because he had made some like lewd comments on one of his old podcasts Mm. yeah and and you know everyone came out after him which i was fully supportive because i didn't really like him to begin with right but right but yeah it was a little I, overreactionary i think at well, the same what i don't maybe i shouldn't say that we'll just cut that out but uh, yeah as far as taking something that is historical i mean if it was like yesterday you did your podcast or if it was like 10 years ago, you did your podcast. Yeah. I think firing someone for doing a podcast 10 years ago where they said something stupid, basically you're saying that people can't grow and people can't change. And I get that part of it. But like, as I was saying it, when I was like, maybe I shouldn't say that. It's because I think he made the comments about a coworker who was working uh, underneath him okay. at a game show. And I, yeah, so it was like, uh, it was kind of slimy. Uh, it was more than just like, oh, he said you gotcha. know, some word 10 years ago or something. Yeah. Because yeah. I would be like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, you, okay, I recognize now that's wrong. I shouldn't have done that. But something like that, he should have always known, you know, right, that's, right. yeah. So there's a judgment there. Yeah. Interesting. Going back to Mayim and Ken, Mayim is a real good host. I, you know, I, I think she has, she has really grown compared to Ken. I think Ken actually started better than she did. Yeah. Um, she was doing like a lot of extra comments and stuff that I know people weren't really fans of just going off of the online community. Right. But you know, I think she probably took the feedback and whatnot and she's done a pretty good job. So is it a shared thing now? It is at least for the, for the next you know year or two, I think. I think that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they both have their benefits and, and why, why not keep it fresh? I sure. mean, you know, yeah, it doesn't have to be one host. It can be two different hosts with two different approaches. And sure. Yeah. That keeps things fresh. I think. And I, I and I really think that Mayim does a great job, even though I kind of, you know, docked on Celebrity Jeopardy earlier. I think she does a good job with Celebrity Jeopardy. She yeah. does have that rapport more with the celebrities compared to, you know, like if Ken was hosting it. Yeah. Likewise, I think Ken vibes a little bit better with the, uh, you know, the brainy, smarty people that go on the show. Like, right. <laughs> multiple hosts, maybe for different things. Like right now, they're both kind of just doing both you know like doing regular jeopardy and then mayim's also doing like celebrity and whatnot yeah at least this season it's only been ken but i know she's going to be taking over pretty soon but anyway yeah they're both doing it right now okay not taking over really soon because there's not any controversial ken stuff going on (laughs) is there well ken does have a podcast and uh (laughs) you know Hmm. um, i know there were some controversies with that podcast but that was more with his uh co-host but even that was just silly yeah. silly overblown stuff uh, yeah that's a great podcast actually i want to plug that omnibus check okay. it out yeah omnibus okay yeah ken jennings okay. john roderick if i ever had aspirations to be a game show host maybe i should terminate the podcast but <laughs> i don't yeah so you said you uh, read ken jennings book yes we were talking about this offline in that book he mentioned NTN trivia, yeah, which is something that I used to engage in a lot when I was hanging out at TGI Fridays. Back As in one the day. does, yeah, yeah. That was kind of a uh, you know I used to play trivia, and it was a comfort to me to go there and get to know the people who were 
the bartenders, but I mean, part of that and enjoying that whole thing, half price appetizers and playing trivia was kind of my thing. Yeah. And by the way, this is a little bit of trivia that's going to be useless. It's going to be trivial trivia. Trivial trivia. Yeah. My handle was always Splam 11. Splam? Splam 11. Don't ask me why. It was just kind of <laughs> Splam 11. It's provocative. It was after that whole slam, da 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 let the boys be boys, that song. No? Anyway. <laughs> Blank stare. So what was said about NTN trivia? He just mentioned that it was, uh, you know, it had been a pretty big thing, uh, like through the 2000s, and then kind of dropped off a little bit. To where by the time he was writing the book, he was the only one in the, you know, in the bar that was even playing. And like when he told the the waitress, you know, oh, I wanted to play NTN. They like almost didn't know what he was talking about. Right, right. Because <laughs> at that point it was just like such an antiquity. But uh, I think it's buzz time now. NTN buzz time. Oh, okay. Um, I've never done it myself. But, okay. Yeah. Well, now it's buzz time is the, is the website. Oh, okay. Apparently it's still around, but very small locations. I have seen it in Buffalo Wild Wings. Ooh. I think the one over, I don't know. Yeah. But in Tucson, there is a Buffalo Wild Wings that I know that I've seen has it. It's one of the larger Buffalo Wild Wings places, but I've seen the the trivia, the Buzz Time trivia, and it's pretty much the same as... NTN or, yeah. The same company. Company as NTN Network was started in 1985 and... They would broadcast trivia and other games by way of broadband to over 3,800 bars at the time and restaurants. And I know that TGI Fridays was one of those big, they probably sold them on the idea of having these machines in all of their places. And I'm, you know, what I would do, even when I would visit place that I wasn't familiar with, go to TGI Fridays and play, play, play some, some NTM, yeah, yeah. NTM trivia. You also mentioned the fact that he was kind of a normal guy. Right? Yeah, yeah got together with a bunch of normal people and played trivia yeah they had themed sort of things and i there was a local dj named shannon black who's still around you can look her up but she's doing other things i think she may be a newscaster or something these days at the time she worked at a country music station every weekend she would go to tgi fridays she'd play ntn trivia and we would play the music trivia thing and I was kind of her nemesis, I guess. I, she was probably being nice, but one of the people who would always play against her and kick her ass if it was anything having to do with 80s. I would I would clean house. <laughs> 80s trivia. 80s trivia. Any that's 80s trivia. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. 80s trivia. I remember also doing a perfect on one game, but it was a, a video games trivia thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that was also back in 1997, 98. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's always funny when you get one that, like a category that you're like, you just know. Just like, and see, like with Jeopardy, mine, okay. So before I like really got into learning more of the academic stuff, I would always be holding out for the sports categories. I'd, okay. be, I'd be like, you know, whenever they'd be like, you know, NFL team stadiums or something comes up at as a category, I'd be like, yes, I'm going to nail that one. Right. Right. Except for most of the time, the people would just completely ignore the sports category because they're like, I don't know anything about sports. Right. And then they would get to the end of the round. There'd be like 30 seconds left. They get through like maybe one or two clues and be like, oh, no, that's all we have time for. Sorry. 
Yeah. But I don't, yeah, I don't know what the point of that was, but just, you know, <laughs> just kind of an aside. Yeah. Just it an shows- aside about the uh, frustrations of sports jeopardy, which actually is a thing as well, but they yeah. have, a, they have like sport. Yeah. They, and this is something they had back in the day, like in the, back in the day as in like 2010, but yeah. they're actually thinking about bringing it back as like a sports jeopardy and possibly a pop culture jeopardy, which originally I was against, right? It should all just be in one thing. Yeah. You don't want to dilute it too much. You know that. But I, I think that's the problem. But I do think a uh, pop culture one does have a little bit of appeal because of the general, because like your general person that maybe just really likes watching movies and TV, they're not going to give a shit who was king of England in like 1600 something, right? right? Like there's no appeal in watching regular Jeopardy for them because that's how they see it. It's just a whole bunch of boring old stuff. Uh, not that's, saying that's the truth. I think it's making an assumption. There are people out there who like to learn stuff and maybe they're better. They want to see regular Jeopardy because they're learning things as opposed to doing categories where they know their shit. No, I mean, yeah. You know, no, for sure. But those people priority watch Jeopardy. Yeah. Because they like to learn stuff, you know, right. but this would be reaching those people that really do just glue their eyes to the TV and watch a whole bunch of random stuff. My instinct is, is no, it's, like it's just not a good idea. Yeah. It is basically the downfall of using the Trivial Pursuit name. Sure. I think that's an illustration. They tried too many things too many different versions and then it got to a point where it's like no and realistically i all i don't think it would work like because even when they had sports jeopardy and that was my category right i barely watched sports jeopardy yeah so i mean it was a cool show but it's just you know it's over saturation you know just too much of of stuff so and i think we're going to talk about this in our video game segment but i think something like jackbox and and the people who make that they kind of the one game that they did over and over again got to a point where the diversification wasn't necessarily in subject matter it was types of games yeah and as people got more and more you know having game nights i mean i think that was one of the things that kind of trivia when trivia declined people were starting to have game nights and then that kind of got to a point where it reached a critical mass. I think still people have game nights for fun. Oh yeah. But then now trivia has, has started to come back, up come back again. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So, well even, you know, I was just at a game night pretty recently with, with some friends and these aren't necessarily like you say about making assumptions. They're not necessarily people I would picture as, Oh, let's sit down and watch Jeopardy people. Mm-hmm. But break out Jackbox and you're playing the the murder trivia game. Right. All of a sudden, it, it, everyone's into it, right? So, yeah. yeah. I think it, a big part of it is just how it's dressed up, I yeah. guess. You oh, know, yeah. like some people just don't really want to watch Jeopardy. That's fine. Right. But, you know, they might enjoy popping open a Snapple and reading a little trivia fact or something or, right. you know, watching college football. And they're like, can you name, you know, the last SEC team to lose a game ever? And, you know, or whatever. You're like, nope, throw away the sample cap. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I think there are, there is that universal appeal. It's just finding what type of trivia you like, I guess. I think there's a reason they don't put trivia questions in fortune cookies. And that's the reason (laughs) people don't give a shit sometimes. I don't know. That's a generalization, but I mean, do people give a shit about the fortunes? I think people, well, see again i do some do some don't <laughs> right so yeah, I mean, not everyone's the same well this is my favorite thing to say you know like you open the cookie and you read the fortunes around and what i say is i look at mine and i go 
Help, I am trapped in a fortune cookie making factory. <laughs> That's what mine says. <laughs> That's a good anyway, one. Uh, yeah. It's me being silly. Yeah, maybe we just switch over to video games. Sure. So are there any video games that you play that have to do with trivia? I mean, did you get into the whole trivia crack? I mean, yeah, I was doing trivia crack for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> say no. Say no to drugs. Anyway. Yeah, just trivia crack. I think my thing with trivia crack was just like the inconsistency on the, uh, I guess on the difficulty of questions, which that may not always be a deal breaker for people, the difficulty of questions. But, right, right. but for me, it for was you, like, you want challenge. Right. And some of them would be a good challenge. And some of them would just be like, you know, here's a picture of George Washington. Who is this? There has to be a certain level of difficulty for me to want to do it. Obviously, I don't want all of them to be ones I know or all of them to, to be like, oh, I have no idea. There's that, you know, magic middle ground. But, you know, trivia crack, I just, it was okay for a bit. I would say I'm not so much in, uh, uh, I don't know if you would put this even in your video game section. I'm not really in a video game for trivia, but I'm in like a uh, an online league trivia oh okay yeah um actually run by alex jacob who was on jeopardy and won a whole bunch of money on there okay yeah um he's not ken jennings but he's no yeah but he's another you know he's a pretty like at least yeah in the jeopardy verse he's a pretty well known (laughs) pretty well known (laughs) name worst movies ever (laughs) in the jeopardy Jeopardy verse verse. (laughs) but anyway uh yeah the jeopardy cinematic universe yeah Um, Yeah. it's not the mcu it's the jcu but anyway go ahead so i'm in that i don't know there's a few hundred people that are in there and a good chunk of them actually have been on jeopardy so that's kind of cool. You'll see like a name that's in your, you know, in your league or whatever is on the actual show. Mm-hmm. So that's always pretty neat. And also I was going to tie this in on, on one of our last shows. We were talking about Fantastic Voyage. Oh yeah. And you showed me the, uh, the trailer for Fantastic Voyage. Well, yeah. in this league that I'm in, you get five questions uh, every, you know, business day, right? And one of the questions had to do with this 1966 sci-fi movie where these uh, scientists or doctors, uh, you know, shrink down in size and go inside another scientist. And I was like, I know wouldn't that. you know it? It's Fantastic Voyage. You're welcome. Yeah, exactly. And see, <laughs> like, you just never know. But yeah, where like where it'll come up again or whatever. But exactly. yeah, it's, I think making a value judgment about facts in general is not a good idea. Yeah, it's just silly. It's silly to say, oh, this matters and this doesn't. Yeah. Like what you like. Like you said, they're all facts. So right. Who cares? Exactly. You know, like when they did uh, Trivia Crack, I don't think basing a game and giving Crack a good name is is a good idea. I don't know if that's the reason why Trivia Crack, because it's addictive kind of thing, but... I think that's what they were going for. Do you think that was so? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they kind of, there was an oxymoron because then there's Trivia Crack too. But, you know, if (laughs) if Trivia Crack was truly Crack, do you really need the sequel? The sequel to Crack is probably they put some like extra crystal meth. Yeah, put something else in there. Trivia meth. That's that's gonna be my new uh, my new <laughs> app. <laughs> yeah, trivia coke was taken. You have half a second to answer. <laughs> I think a company that did it right, the Jackbox. Oh folks, yeah, Jackbox. Yes. They originally, they were started as Jellyvision in Chicago, Illinois. Woohoo! <laughs> they started. If you're familiar with any kind of pinball machines you might recognize the name Gottlieb because Mm. Gottlieb makes pinball machines and I believe it's the same family 
See, I'll be storing that away for later. You yeah. never know. Gottlieb. <laughs> Gottlieb pinball. Yep. The Jackbox Party Pack series started becoming popular and all these different games on it. And I think one of the great things that they kind of started to do back when they came out, when I started playing You Don't Know Jack, it was in the age of the CD-ROM. And that is early 90s, mid, like around there. Playing that game was so much fun and playing with the host who was, you know, putting you down because you didn't know whatever. It was kind of the part of the appeal, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. It was a silly game show feeling, but it was fun. Did you ever play You Don't Know Jack back in the day? No. So Jellyvision produced various installments of You Don't Know Jack from 1995 through 98. And then it kind of dropped off for a little while because of the way the games market sort of shifted away from computer games into console stuff and the Nintendo and things. So they disappeared for a while, but then the whole opportunity for networked stuff back in 2008, uh, that's when the Jellyvision games relaunched as, well, they relaunched a subsidiary company called the Jellyvision Lab. That studio was led by Mike Builder, and they released You Don't Know Jack on iOS a console version and a Facebook version in the end of 2011 is when Jellyvision games was spun off into Jackbox games. Jellyvision labs remained, but focused on developing business software inspired by you don't know Jack's voice driven interface. So business. (laughs) So that is kind of an interesting sort of, not entirely sure what the business software was, but they developed a version called Alex, which is an interactive conversation that helped employees choose their benefits and their benefits package. Oh, okay. It was successful and Jellyvision sort of grew as of 2019, the company's primary business focus, interactive HSA products, financial guidance. So anyway, that's Ooh. interesting that in its infancy, it started out being a trivia and fun games, and it kind of developed into business. Yeah, a business that's application. Quite the pivot. Yeah, that was why they were spun off into two different companies. You had your Jackbox, which started gaining a lot of traction as far as when they started developing all these other games as a part of the package. And I think Jackbox games now they're on Jackbox Games Eight. Yeah. But have you played any of these Jackbox Party? trivia packages well yeah i played that uh murder mystery one it's like yeah yeah Yeah. do you like playing the trivia one (laughs) yeah i mean you know there's like jack yeah just sticking to that as opposed to these other party games that kind of involve you in different sort of things like there's the ones where you draw and then you kind of oh no those are really fun too for sure yeah you have a few drinks with your friends or whatever yeah draw some dumb stuff but yeah yeah and i kind of deviated from my own thought here but when you don't know jack came out there was a game and i think i mentioned this on our acronym show called acrophobia which is not the fear of acronyms but that's what they called it acrophobia actually means something what does acrophobia mean Hmm. acrophobia is a fear of heights oh 
extreme or an irrational fear of heights. So that's acrophobia, hmm. which has nothing to do with acronyms. But anyway. <laughs> or agrophobia, uh, a fear of crops. Ah. I, I'm assuming, I don't know, agriculture, I don't know. No, I, uh, that's uh, not to be confused with agoraphobia. <laughs> you need to develop a phobia-based <laughs> trivia game. Yeah. Maybe. Fear of aggression. It could also be that too, right? Yeah, agrophobia. Yeah. So you said you played one recently. The uh, murder mystery trivia. What was the murder mystery trivia game like? You had different rounds or whatever, and based on how you did in a given round, you might be killed, quote unquote. And then you become like a ghost and you're trying to retake the lead with your trivia points, okay. you know, so that you can become alive again. And, uh, oh. and, it, and if you, you know, drop out of the lead or whatever, then you be, become a ghost. Okay. And you start off like everybody's alive and then each round one person drops out and becomes like one of the ghosts or whatever. So eventually there's only one living person and that right. person. It's the last man standing. Right. Kind of yeah. Thing. Sure. Yeah, and they got two versions of it, looks like. Oh, okay. Well, they got a sequel, one and two. Probably a part of two different Jackbox party packs. I think a good thing, it's not just trivia, yes. right? yep. And what Jackbox has going for it, like I said, there was the Acrophobia game, which is the fear of acronyms, where it was played in a chat room. And this was a little bit, it was IRC, Internet Relay Chat, part AOL, you know, hanging out with people, just chatting, and part game, and the game is an initialism would appear on the screen, and then you would come up with, based on those initials, what it was. Oh, like what it stood for. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and then it's an initialism, right? Initialism is when you just say the letters, and an acronym is when you pronounce it. Yeah, I think most people just conflate it into everything's an acronym, but I think that is the actual, yes. So it puts an initialism on there and then each person in the chat room comes up with what they think it is. It gives you kind of a theme on what it was supposed to be. And then the entire chat room votes on which one's the best. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now this is a formula that they use on a lot of their other games. Yes. But originally the game Acrophobia was designed by Andrea Schubert, programmed by Kendrick Mock and Michelle Hayes in 1995 I remember it coming with a You Don't Know Jack game as kind of a extra disc. And it was so much fun playing that game online with people. And now it's like that's pretty much part of the basic formula for a lot of the Jackbox stuff. Yeah. So you like those games in addition to just sure, the trivia yeah. part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest. You know, I'm always secretly pulling for us to play the trivia game when it's like, <laughs> all right, which one are we going to do? But I never am like, oh, let's do the trivia one because I know that's, you know, I'm that guy. So I'm like, yeah, whichever one you guys want to do. Yeah. And deep down, I'm like, come on. There's Fibbage. Do you ever play Fibbage? I haven't played Fibbage, no. Where you are presented with an obscure fact with a missing word or phrase. Each player secretly provides an answer to the missing phrase, trying to craft an answer that appears legitimate. If the player enters the correct answer, they're told of this and are encouraged to enter a false answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where it's also played in a chat room. Oh, okay. And I don't know if this party game that you played, did it have the the phone interface that yeah. they were using? Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. It is so amazing that you can do it that way. Yeah. The first time I played with them, I was like, 
this is awesome. Yeah. Because, you know, we were all in the same room or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like, you got your own little handheld game and yep. then you can play along on the TV. Right. Right. Great. Yeah. yeah. My cousin and her now husband were in town. They lived here for a little while. He is a nurse. He basically works at a, a site and they, we need a nurse to, to fill in. So okay. they call him and he works there for a contract contracted amount of time sure yeah yeah he's like a mercenary <laughs> mercenary nurse the merc nurse mercenaries <laughs> how to make your job sound cooler than it is mercenaries. <laughs> he's probably listening to the show too anyway <laughs> hey uh, you know all the respect uh <laughs> yes a mercenary for hire Mer- nurse <laughs> yeah the merc nurse and this was right around the time that the covid pandemic was happening too so but before they moved they moved to a different state because Chandra was going into her chosen profession, which was uh, veterinary medicine. And she had uh, sort of an internship with a, a place and she went and worked there for a little while. I don't know if it was an internship or just a job, but it was like her first job. So he kind of, you know, since he could do this, he can pick up and move whenever he needs to. He just consults with them and he gets the gigs that he can get. When they were out here, we, we you know, I brought it over on the iPads and we played different games. Three people is not enough people. It's not generally. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And there's so many creative games that they come up with. There's one where it's like, it gives you like statistical figures and there's a sort of an audience participation element where each person can vote, you know, like, yeah. but they don't have to be active players. And, and then there's a lot of drawing stuff that you can do with the handheld with your phone. The, like the ones where the, uh, the drawings face off against each other yeah. and you have to like vote on whose is better that I really enjoy that one. I have a t-shirt that was designed because of that, because that, of one of those drawings. Yeah. Um, it was TKO. That's what it was. I knew it was a clever thing, but it was like T spells it as in T E E T K O. <laughs> Basically, you would come up with a different t-shirts based on the designs. But one of the cool things is each shirt, as your design, because of the way it works through the interface, you can buy a t-shirt. And they'll like make it and send it to you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's genius inclusion. That is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I was participating in that game as a part of, I mention this show all the time, but I love the show, What's Good Games. Women in the industry, in the video game industry, in different parts of the industry, and they have a show. Video game news, commentary, and funny stuff is what they... But anyway, during one of their streams for like an anniversary or whatever, they were playing a bunch of Jackbox games. Someone drew a picture of a post, and you know, one of the TKO things is you have to develop a caption for someone else's drawing or whatever. Right. And the caption was... Something to the effect of why have you done this or what have you done here or whatever. But it was just kind of funny, a funny drawing picture of her and only people who were in that stream know it. I mean, it's a, it's a very obscure, it's like no one knows that reference. It's a trivial reference. (laughs) Very trivial. Yeah. And very point specific. All the different things that it's on and coming out with a new Jackbox party pack. They've got to make some serious sales on that. Oh yeah. So It's a fun game that includes everyone, right? Yeah. But the problem is you need enough people. So, but anyway. Yeah, that's definitely the uh, the downside. We don't have enough at my house. 
to uh to play that yeah. it would have to be like a special occasion people over kind of thing but i think it gained popularity during the pandemic just because you could play that stuff by way of yeah you know, online and then using like discord or something yeah yep. we did that multiple times yeah yeah. yeah yeah a lot of fun do you want to wrap up trivia yeah let's uh, wrap it up let's wrap it up put a um, bow on it <laughs> yeah trivia trivia what are your closing thoughts on the word trivia? I love it. Uh, I think anybody can love it. Not that they do, but you could. Learning new things. It's a great way to uh, kind of put you in any kind of direction, I guess. Learn about something you don't know. Right. Maybe it's art. Maybe it's opera or Shakespeare or whatever. Podcasting. Podcasting. Hey, great trivia podcast, actually. Complete the list. Okay. Yeah, Andy Saunders, big Jeopardy fan. He does that one. Uh, actually, would want to be on that sometime. But yeah, complete the list. Another good one. Okay. Do you have yeah. any other any other podcasts any, any other that you shout want? Outs? Yeah, that you want to divert our listening <laughs> audience. I know. To? Yeah, everybody, stop listening to Ben Show and uh, come listen to these. So first of all, no. Hey. <laughs> no. No, I, I don't think I have any others. I did want to shout his out though, because yeah. that one is one I will listen to, like driving the work and whatnot. Yeah. So and it fits the show. So yeah, complete nice. the list. Yeah. My last thing is trivia. What is it? It's just facts. So deal with it. So deal with it. No, no, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Trivia is fact, and you never know when your knowledge can be useful, and it's fun to learn new stuff. So, that's a great, you know, that's yes. just basically, think of trivia as an opportunity to learn stuff. Yep, an excuse to learn something even. Maybe, maybe even that, because you've got a game, it gamifies learning yeah. in such a way that yeah. makes it fun and interesting. Sure, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, who knows what thing you may never have been interested in, Right. You look it up through trivia and all of a sudden that's an interest for you. Yeah. For me, that was art. Actually, I know you're going to be doing this on one of your upcoming shows. I was one of those that never cared about art ever. And, uh, you know, it's a big part of trivia, Jeopardy, whatever. So I had to learn something. Yeah. And, you know, just looking at different paintings, reading about when they came out, the history behind them. I was like, you know what? I kind of like this. Yeah. And so you, you just never know what could interest you. So And also to kind of complete that sort of thought you pointed out i have a one of my favorite artists is edward hopper and you pointed out the book yep and you knew the nighthawks which is you know a picture a print that i have in my bedroom and it's like conversation starter you never know when it's going to be something where it's like oh yeah i you know that's that's kind of cool you can start a conversation based on all these little facts exactly you just never know and something like that's going to come up and who it'll help you connect with yep exactly trivia as a connection let's disconnect thank you paul for joining us on this week's episode really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me ben it's been a lot of fun on that note thank you for joining us on this week's podcast my name is ben and i'm still paul and we've been your hosts thank you have a great night bye bye <laughs>